I want to take you in your mind back a couple weeks ago, and I preached a message on the favor of God and uh, operating in the favor of God and ministering and reaching out to God and find ourselves pleasing to Him and to inherit that very special favor. We're we're bought in favor in the sense that we're we're saved and we are uh, we are drawn by the Holy Spirit to God. But I believe and. I presented to you in the Word a, a, a realm or a dimension of favor that we find when we put ourselves in circumstances that are pleasing unto God. And I hope that you've been praying for favor. I've been praying for favor for you, I can tell you that. I've been praying for favor over Voice of Praise Worship Center. I've been praying for favor uh, over myself and Sarah, our household, our ministry here at Voice of Praise Worship Center as we serve you. And I just believe that God has something very special for us. I believe I believe if we will pursue favor uh, and we earnestly will pursue it, we and we will persistently pursue it, I believe it's untold what God is going to do in our lives. Now, as I preach to you from 2 Kings chapter 4, I want to give you just a little bit of background this morning. I want you to, to realize as I share this account that favor brought blessing upon a woman that is a Shunammite. That's where she's heard. She's from Shunam, so she's called a Shunammite. You're from, if you're from Bluewell, you're a Bluewell mite. If you're from MacDowell County, you're a MacDowell mite. Okay? This woman's a Shunammite. Okay? Uh, she, um, she and her husband were wealthy people. And, so, considering they're wealthy, they probably have done very well for themselves. That's what we think of when we think of wealth. And But they had no children. And as they had no children, we find that, uh, you know, that there was, a, there was an empty spot there in their life. You know, it's not an embarrassment not to have children per se, but more so in that day, it was, it was sort of, sort of an embarrassment to them because there was nobody to carry on their lineage. There was nobody to carry on their heritage. Uh, Elisha is a, is a main character, if you would, in this account. Elisha is, uh, a living, uh, Old Testament epistle of the anointing. That's the best way I know how to describe it to you. In other words, he was a living illustration of the anointing of God. The anointing is the equipping or the blessing of God. So Elisha is the anointing. The Shunammite household was wealthy. But the, the wife's heart desired something that money couldn't buy. And that was she desired a child. Uh, her or her husband of old age, uh, they just were not able to conceive a son. This couple had no selfish motives, it's evident. Their hospitality and deep concern for the man of God, Elisha, had been demonstrated long before he desired to bless them or to show them favor. So, they, every time Elisha passes through Shunem, when you read the background of this account, you find that they took Elisha in. Now, don't confuse this woman with the woman with the barrel of meal. There's two different women there when you read in this chapter. But this woman, she she brings Elisha in and she makes sure he has a place to stay. He's taken well care of when he stops by the house. Even so much as she goes to her husband and she says, I think we need to build a room on our house 
just so Elisha has a place to stay and he's comfortable and he has some privacy. He can, he can turn his music up as loud as he wants to. He can shout. He can dance in the spirit. Whatever he wants to. I want the man of God to have some privacy. They did not have a, an ulterior motive per se of earning favor, but yet we see in the end result, Elisha says, we need to do something to bless this man and his wife because of the kindness that they've shown us. And Gehazi, I believe it is, Elisha's servant, that says, well, I happen to know that they've never had children and they would like to have some children, especially the, the lady, the wife. They're really wanting children. And Elisha, because of the kindness and of the service that they have shown him, Elisha, the anointing, but he speaks favor over the house of the Shunammites. And a year later, and he prophesied to them, he said, when I come by here next year, you all are going to have a child. And it happens. It unfolds. So, so through the work of a spiritual discernment, this couple now has the impossibility happening in their life. I want to preach to you about how favor brought the blessing. Favor brought the blessing. And when we read in the scripture, and I think I've lost my scripture there. No, here we go. Second Kings chapter four. I want to read quite a bit to you this morning. And I would love to have condensed it, but I think you have to read all of this to get a full comprehension of what's happened. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 15. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and he stood in the doorway and he said, about this time next year, you will hold a son in your arms. Okay? We see favor is, favor is occurring. The, the man of God or the anointing of God has favored this couple. The child is the blessing, okay? No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your service. She thought that Elisha was messing with her. They saw the impossibility. They saw that this can't occur. That we're, we're beyond their age. You know, this is another story we, we, we read in the Bible where the woman is beyond age. They're, they're not able to, they're not able to conceive. Lord knows they've tried. But the woman became pregnant. And the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elijah had told her. Then the child grew, and one day he went out to his father who was in, who was with the reapers. He was out working the fields, and he said to his father, my head, my head. His father, being a father like, being a dad like most dads are, told a servant, take him to his mama. You know, that's what most daddies do. Just, just take him to his mama. So after the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. The boy is the blessing. Okay? As I preach this message, understand, the boy is the blessing. The blessing came out of favor. But now, the blessing physically has died. What's the reaction? 
Verse 21, she, the mom, she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and she went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today? The husband. Why do you want to go today? It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. That's all right, she said. And then she saddled the donkey. Let me tell you something. When a woman saddles her donkey, something's about to happen. Okay? Good thing I didn't read that out of the King James Version. When a woman saddles her donkey, something is about to happen. She saddled the donkey and she said to her servant, Lead on. Don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and she came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. Then he, when he saw her in the distance, and you'll understand this in a little bit. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? In the King James, if you're reading it, it says, ask her if all is well. Is is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right or everything is well, she said. When when she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away. But the man of God said, let me tell you something. If a, if a woman is ready to saddle her donkey, she's going to hold on to the ankles of the man of God. He said, man of God, she took his feet. Gehazi comes up, pushes her away. But the man of God says, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress. But the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you, don't raise up my hopes? Elijah said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak in your belt. I want you to realize this. This is, I don't know how much I'll get to touch on this. This is, I, I, cause I'm gonna, it's gonna be, take me about two hours to preach this, by the way. Okay? Cracker bar, the crowds will be thinned out of Cracker Barrel. No, that's not, I'll, I'll respect your time. Tuck your cloak in your belt. That means this is urgent. You're gonna run like you're running a race. Tuck your cloak in your belt, take my staff in your hand, and run. Don't greet anyone you meet, and if anyone greets you, don't even answer them. And lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you lives, I will not leave you. And that's what she just told Elisha is, that's not good enough. So he got up, and he followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face. But there was no sound nor response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, The boy has not awakened. When Elisha returned to the house where there the boy was lying, when Elijah reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, he shut the door on the two of them, and he prayed to the Lord. And then he got on the bed, and he lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away, he walked back and forth in the room, and then he got on the bed, stretched out on him once more, and the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. 
Elisha summoned Gehazi and he said, call the Shunammite. And he did. And when she came, he said, take your son, take your blessing. Is what he just said. Take your blessing. She came in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground, and then she took her son and went out. I want to preach to you this this morning, if you would, along that lines of when we have favor, but the blessing has died. When the blessing dies... The favor remains. And that's something I want us to remember this morning and keep in our spirits and in our minds. You see, ongoing favor occurred as this son is born. The blessing is born in the favor. The ongoing blessing and the favor occurred as the son lived. Apparently several years, he's old enough to walk out into the field by himself, but yet we know he's young enough or small enough to be carried back to his mother and he's small enough to be taken on his mother's lap. We could probably assume that this, this young man could have been maybe, maybe somewhere five to maybe even eight years old, maybe even a little bit older than that. But the truth of the matter is the blessing had continued. The favor of the Lord had continued on. But what happened? when the blessing dies. What happens when the blessing dies? No one understands the value of the blessing like the recipient of the blessing. I want you to understand that. No one understands the value of the blessing like the recipient of the blessing. No one understood the blessing quite like the mother understood the blessing. Not even dad understood the blessing. Now, he had some compassion. It was identified when he says, uh, somebody carry this kid back to his mama. You know, because uh, uh, dads don't know what to do in those cases. But no one understands your blessing quite like you understand your blessing. The mother had embraced her blessing and, and she held him close on her lap until her power of love, compassion, and all of her ability had reached its limitation. But then the blessing died. Sitting right on her lap. The blessing died. So where's the favor of God at now? One might ask. What's happened? Because the man of God, the anointing of God has favored me and he's blessed me, but now where is the favor? I want you to see what is very important to us this morning in this, in this account is the way that the mother reacted. There is no indication it could have happened, but there's no scriptural indication that the mother ever took to mourning. There's no, there's no illustration that the mother ever became panicked in the situation. There's no indication that the mother, which was the main recipient of the blessing, if you would, had come to the place where she has become frantic. Instead, we find that the mother has that child on her lap. She stands to her feet with her arms wrapped around him and she took him to the room that had been built on the house for the man of God and she took him and laid him on the bed that was built for the man of God, Elisha, and she laid him on the bed of the man of God. In other words, she took him to the place where favor did lay. She took him to the place where favor began. She took him to the place that had invoked the favor upon she and her husband's life. 
And then we find secondly, after she took him to the place, secondly, that she wasted no time getting to Elisha or the presence of God. She said the word in the New International, which I read from, the word Harry is used. Harry. Not Harry, Jerry. You know, you know, not, but Harry. Yeah, and she used the word Harry. And as she used the word Harry, we all know what that means in the, in that modern, more modern English translation. It means she didn't waste any time. She was aggressive. She got after it. And she said, she said, go get me the donkey. Go send your servant husband to get me a donkey and bring him. But I want you to notice, she didn't waste time. She didn't sit around. She saddled her own donkey. I want to tell you something this morning. If in your life, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, you may not even have any children. But if the blessing in your life has died, you need to take that blessing back to the place of anointing with the man of God. Lay it on the bed of the man of God or the place of the anointing. And you need to hurry up and you need to Saddle your donkey and you need to get ready to go and search and find the presence of the man of God or the anointing, if you would. And it said in Scripture that after the donkey was saddled, even though she was being led, they were wealthy people. They had servants that would lead their donkeys. And she said to the servant that led her donkey, don't you even slow down unless I tell you. Unless I tell you I can't take it anymore. Unless I tell you I can't press on. Don't you even slow down. Listen. It's no time for us to quit. It's no time for us to stop. It's no time for us to back up or to back down. When the blessing seemingly has died, we need to hurry up. We need to get it in gear, saddle the donkey, and head towards the mountain. I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. I got three over here. Can I get an amen over here? Can anybody give me an amen? And you've got to go with determination. You see, Dad says... What do you got to go now for? He's probably thinking the kid's dead. The blessing's dead. So we got a lot going on here. Why do you want to go? Why do you want to go to find the man of God now? It's not the new moon. It's not the Sabbath. What's the deal? But this lady was determined. Her blessing had died. She was determined she was going to pursue She was going to pursue the source of the blessing. You see, that's sometimes where we miss the mark. We forget, we forget, and sometimes we try, listen, listen, the blessings are blessings. Blessings are gifts from God. Blessing became, blessing came because of favor. And so, and, and it's not our job to fix the blessing. That's where, that's where we mess up at. We, if if we think if 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 it's if if the the blessing is really from God, God is able to take care of what He manufactures, so to speak. Somebody people ask me all the time. It's the loaded question. Uh, you're, you're you know most especially if it's another preacher. You know how's your church doing? I try to do my best to say I don't have a church. Because if, if it's my church, then I don't have to take care of it. If, if, it's, if it's my church, I'm going to have to maintain it. I don't have a church. It's God's church. It's His responsibility to take care of it. And, and the blessings that exist in your life, if, if, you, if you claim responsibility for those blessings, then it's going to be your responsibility to take care of them. But if the blessing in your life, if you allow God to be the responsible party, so to speak, if you allow... 
and you acknowledge God to be the responsibility of your blessing, then He will take care of what He's given you. This woman said, it's not my, you know, she, does, she has already done the motherly thing. She's rocked a child. She's, she's held him close. She's shown him love. She's shown him compassion. But he died. Now it's the responsibility of God to take care of the blessing that He gave her. So she makes her way. Dave or Warren, Warren's up there. I, I, I didn't put this in my in, in my in my slide, but there should be a a picture of a mountain that I uploaded late last night. It's Mount Mount Carmel. If you can pull in that, and then we'll go back to the slideshow in a minute. There's a place over there in in Israel. It's called Mount Carmel. I actually had the, Sarah and I had the awesome opportunity to stand on Mount Carmel. As you stand on Mount Carmel, you can see for miles and miles. If, if you can't find it, guys, that's all right. I should have put it in my slideshow. Mount Carmel, you can stand on the top of it, and, and you can see for miles and miles and miles and miles. You can see cro- across the valley of Megiddo. And, and somewhere out in the flatland, somewhere out in the flatland of the, uh, in, in the bottom of this vast valley that lies, that runs through Israel is the place that was called Shunem. It's the place that was called Shunem. And, 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 and way out, about 20 miles away from Mount Carmel is Shunem. Now, 20 miles, well, to me, 20 miles don't sound too far. 20 miles to some of y'all's life. You know, can I tell you, can I tell y'all something? And I still, I'll be honest with you, I still ain't figured it out. When I got, when I came to pastor at Voice of Praise Worship Center, and, and I didn't know too much about this area. I'd only been over here maybe two times before. One time was to go to Craven Shires to a funeral. It was nighttime and, and, uh, and I, I didn't know where in the world I was even at really hardly to tell you the truth. And, 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 but, but you know, when we came over here to pastor, I was got talking to somebody and they said, Oh Lord, that's all the way down there in Montcalm. And I turned down Lord Lick Road and I see that sign, I think it says on that sign, Montcalm, four miles. <laughs> all the way down there. Maybe there's two Montcalms. Yeah. Maybe there's two Montcalms. Somebody just said, Lord help us. We hope not. Somebody said, all the way over in Matoka or Lashmead. Somebody said, oh Lord, that's, that's all the way, that's all the way on the other side of Bluefield. That's over there. Sam's is over there on the Virginia side. It's, I think from here six and a half miles. I ain't figured that out. Don't take me too long to get that far, even in my little Cuban. I don't drive fast, do I, Sarah? No. She said. But here's the thing about it. 20 miles in this day and time, in the day and time we're preaching from, 20 miles was a long journey. It's on 20 miles by donkey, and not only is it 20 miles, but then you have to make the quest up Mount Carmel. 
So, so more than likely, this journey wasn't made in one day. And if it was even made in two days, it was a very, very, very hard journey. And it took climbing a mountain to get to the place that she needed to be to find the man of God that had shown her favor, that granted her the blessing. Are you with me? Do you see my point this morning? We have got to press in. We have got to pursue with determination. And then we also have to have a fear of, of we've got to we can't fear being honest we, we, we've, we've got to we've got to be that person we can't fear being honest as she looked at the man of God and she said I told you not to play around with me she said I told you not to joke with me I told you not to kid with me when you came and told me I'd give you I'll give you a son a year from now you'll have a son she said I told you not to be kidding around she was being honest she was feeling a little let down not let down with her blessing in itself but she was feeling let down that suddenly her blessing had died and she was wondering where the favor of God went to in her life but we can't forget God's favor We can't forget God's favor. We've got to hold on. We've got to be determined. This woman, just like, and it reminded me when I, when I read that, I never thought about it before. All the times I've read this, when I read about this woman took hold of the feet, or was probably the ankles of, uh, of Elisha. When I, I thought about that, and she refused to let go, even when Gehazi told her she needed to move back, she needed to let go of it. She says, I won't let go. I'm not letting go. And, and I've never really connected that in my thought process with Jacob, as Jacob wrestled the angel, and Jacob Jacob held on until his thigh had been dislocated. I'd really never thought about that. And when our blessing has died, we must be ready and able to hang on to the, to the power of God with a determination. And then we have to remember that God's eye favors always watching us. You see, so, you see, here's the thing about it. Don't misunderstand me. I've said it already. I don't know why I've said this so many times today. I've never said this before in my life. Sarah and I never had an argument until we went to general conference with Nathan and Vicky. I don't know why it happened there. No, we didn't have an argument. We did have a disagreement over something that I don't remember what it was. And Vicky says, I thought you all never had an argument. I don't even remember what it was. Do you? Was at the airport. See, she remembers. She remembers. But we don't, we don't fuss and fight and uh, we don't argue and bicker and, and carry on. Uh, you know, we just don't. Too old for that stuff. But you know what? You know what? Oftentimes, e- even if she disagrees with me or she's a little pouty with me or I'm a little pouty with her about her, you know what? That doesn't mean I don't love her. Okay? Doesn't mean she doesn't love me. Okay? You know, true love, true love is exemplified when there's not, you're not feeling too much love. Okay? And even though the blessing is gone, even though the blessing has physically died, I think somehow along the way, the Shunammite woman understood there was still favor with God. 
Now, she could have got mad at God in the sense of Elisha. you got to put this in a metaphoric sense. She could have got mad at God and she got got said, well, okay, Elisha, you, you played around with me. You messed with me. Now, it's, now I'm upset with you. But that's not what she did. She, she, she didn't forget about God's favor. Elisha saw, saw this Shunammite woman a good ways off. He's up on Mount Carmel. He, he probably, he probably saw them coming. And how did he recognize them? I don't know. But it's possible that he could have saw them coming. Maybe it was just one road. I don't know. But he probably could have saw them coming miles away before they ever started their ascent up the mountain. And, but because his favor has been shown about them. He says, notice he doesn't say, is everything alright with you? He says, is everything alright with your husband? Is everything okay with your son? He doesn't ask about her. Why? I'll tell you, I just don't really know. But he says, is everything alright with your husband? Everything alright with your son? And then, we see Elisha say, alright, Gehazi, here's my staff. This is my, that's the representation of power. I'm going to send my power on ahead. She says, she says, that's not what I want. She said, that's not, that's not what I bargained for. She said, that's not what I came here for. I didn't came here, I didn't come here for you to send Gehazi on ahead with your staff in his hand. She said, a man of God, I came here for you. You're the one that showed me favor. You're the one that granted me favor. You're the one that gave me favor. It's your anointing that came to me. Now, man of God, I'm depending on you to go back to the house with me. Because she had not forgotten about God's favor. So, uh, listen, so when, when God's favor, when we latch hold of the ankles, when we take God by the ankles, we take the anointing by the ankles, listen, what happens here is then God's favor begins to be, to be demonstrated. Elisha goes on ahead even though Gehazi comes back and says, man, I went in, I put the staff over the boy, nothing happened. He goes in, Elisha walks in, he lays himself out on the boy, the body begins to become warm once again, that means life begins to come back, but nothing really happened other than warm come back into the body. There was no response. Then Elisha walks around the room. I can see him doing a prayer walk around the bed. Not the bed of the boy, but around his bed. He's in the room where the woman... Listen, and if this wasn't tactical, what was? Elisha is in the room that instigated the favor that he would show to the woman. And as he walks around the bed, the bed that was placed there for him, the bed that had instigated favor for the woman and and her husband, the bed that had instigated the favor that brought the blessing of the son. And as Elisha walked around that place of blessing where the woman had blessed him and favor had come into place, then he went and stretched himself over the lad a second time. And the Bible says that the boy sneezed seven times. Seven times. A number of completion. He didn't have allergies, by the way. It was seven times that seven times a sneeze or the breath, the pneuma that had come out of this child. Seven times he was as alive as he ever was alive. You see, so we have to be confident in God's favor. So here's the sum of things. 
Here's the summary of things. If you put yourself in God's favor, you put yourself in God's favor and your blessing dies. You put yourself in God's favor and the blessing dies. Here's the thing. Number one, position yourself in favor. Number two, realize that no one perceives your blessing quite like you do. Number three, don't mourn. Don't mourn when your blessing dies. Don't, don't get overwhelmed in mourning. Number four, take the blessing back to the place of the anointing. Number five, don't waste time in doing so. Number six, be determined. Be determined to get back to the anointing of God. And number seven, be confident of God's favor when you get there. So when the blessing dies, Mom couldn't do anything. Listen, again, I, 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 in my, my, my thought process, I connected this mom to David. David, and the, son, the son that he had had with Bathsheba, when that son was sick, and that son was on its, on its sick bed, which would eventually become its deathbed, we read that David went into a fast. He went into a fast. He, he went into a time of mourning even before the, the child had died thinking that God may heal. And, and he sat in sackcloth and ashes and, and he didn't eat anything for days. But, but then, the, the, uh, then the child died. And all of David's servants were worried about him because they thought, what's going to happen to him if, if the child does die? And then the child died and they were, they were, I don't know, maybe they thought he would be suicidal. Maybe they didn't understand. I, you know, I, I don't know. But David perceived, I believe that was a spiritual perception. It was a spiritual revealing. David, David asked the question. He said, is the child dead? And they said, yes, he has died. The scripture says that David got up. He'd been in this fast. He'd been mourning. And it says David got up at that moment. David got up. He, 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 he worshiped. He washed his face. And he ate. They said, man, David, we don't understand. You were in this, you were in this state of mourning while the child was sick. And, and now he's dead and you're getting up and you're washing your face and you're eating and you're worshiping, you're praising God. We don't understand. David said, while the child was with me, I mourned and I fasted and I prayed. But he said, now the child is gone. He said, I can't bring the child back to me, but I can go to where the child is at. And, and I thought about this, I thought about this Shunammite woman, that she had an understanding of what David understood. Now, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't bring the blessing back. I can't bring the blessing back. I can't do anything. But she took that blessing. She took that blessing, the blessing that had came out of favor, that had died. She laid it on the bed of the man of God. And she said, my only hope is to get back to the place of favor. The anointing that gave me the blessing. 
And some of you in this room this morning, me included at times in my various times in my life, there, there's times I look around and I, I, I realize that God's favored my life and God, God has shown me great favor and blessed me with great favor and He's given me great blessing. But there's sometimes amidst that favor that the blessing has died. And I wonder, oh God, how could you let this happen? And I've said, God, how could you give me something? Or how could you bless me with something? Then to only see it taken away. Or only to, to see it die. And, and, and I begin, and, and, and I begin to react. I begin to feel sorry for myself. I begin to mourn. I begin to grieve. I, sometimes I can, if I'm not careful, I can even find myself becoming angry. Because the blessing has died. But if in my heart, in my mind, I can purpose, my blessing came out of favor. And the only way that I can, that I can see the blessing restored is return to the place of favor. And I carry the dead blessing to the room of the man of God. And I lay the dead blessing on the couch or on the bed of the man of God. And then I run, I, I, I saddle my donkey. And I make way to the mountainside. And I climb that mountain and I lay hold on the man of God. And I say, man of God, don't play with me. You gave me the blessing. You're able to take care of it. And let God restore what God gave. Some of you are that same place. I've been there. I've been there. Been there, done that. I got the t-shirt to prove it. So this morning, if you're in this room and your blessing has died, You need to saddle your donkey. Lay the blessing out on the man of God's bed. The place where it all started. Go back to square one and get in the presence of God and cry out to God, restore my blessing. Listen, that woman didn't have any question in her mind that Elisha... She knew if Elisha, if Elisha could prophesy and then she and her husband could have a child, she knew it wasn't any problem for Elisha to restore her blessing. Elisha being a type of the Holy Spirit, a type of the working of God. Let me tell you something. If God blessed you out of favor, God blessed you, God is able to restore that blessing. But you've got to saddle your donkey. And you've got to get in the presence of God and allow Him to bless you. I want you to do this with me. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. In this room this morning, it's just between me, you, and God, and I'm not going to come to you. I just want to know something this morning. As we're in this room, are you in this room and feel like your blessing has died? It could be a person, but it could be something else in your life. It could be a circumstance. It could be it could be a lot of different things. But you feel like your blessing has died. Your blessing has died. Are you in this room? Is that you right now? Would you slip up your hand real quickly for me? Thank you. Thank you. Number of hands went up. Any others? Number of hands went up. Your blessing has died. For those of you that raised your hands, I want to ask you another question. What happened when the blessing died? Did you saddle your donkey? Did you lay the blessing on the 
bed of the man of God? And did you make a one-way beeline trip? Was Actually, it's a round trip towards Mount Carmel, which is the place of God. How did you react when your blessing died? How have you reacted when your blessing died? Are you persistently, consistently pressing in? You, you, know, you know, it was a journey to get from Shunem to the mountain. It was a journey to get there. It was a journey to get back to Shunem from the mountain with the man of God. There were several days. There was, there was an elapse of time that occurred here. It wasn't instant. It wasn't just an hour or two. Have you consistently, persistently pursuing the man of God? Those of you in particular that raised your hand. I believe this morning. I believe this morning. Because God has favored you and God has blessed you. Some of you all, your blessing seemingly has died. You seemingly have lost the blessing. The blessing is gone. But, but, but don't give up. Don't quit. Hold on to the favor of God. Hold on to the promise of God and pursue Him for restoration. So if you raised your hand up this morning with it, out intending to embarrass you whatsoever, Without intending to embarrass you whatsoever. Because it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Because I've been in your shoes many, many times. If you raise your hand in this morning, this morning in this service, this is what I want to ask you. We're going to go off the air.